This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. My authorities as a producer are casting and script, which are actually married to the role of being a lead actor in a film. ABC, what the f*** is this? <laughs> Why? I no one is tuning into this for a five-minute fluff piece on this artistic vision. Oh, yes, we must know. What was the magistry that drew you? Oh, well, you know, for a long time I wanted to tell a story, and I knew this was my story as soon as I saw the script. It's coming out on uh, July 24th. Make sure you buy it. It's going to be exclusively in theaters. Thank you. Like, what the fuck? Okay, let's piss everyone off simultaneously. Now, I'm just going to quickly give you all a preface to this. Uh, I happen to be someone who used to work in the film and television industry. I've worked in various facets of uh, both industries, uh, in most jobs, by the way. A lot of the harder ones, uh, the ones on the set, uh, you know, being a production assistant, which basically means just uh, getting whatever people tell you to do. Go buy coffee, go buy a mop, go clean up the puke, go set up this, go take this down. Uh, that kind of stuff, uh, all the way to working uh, as a professional film editor, uh, to uh, working in distribution. Uh, so I've got a little bit of a background when it comes to filmmaking. Now, I know that the whole did Alec Baldwin kill somebody thing has been uh, a question that is definitely tearing groups apart. Uh, you've got liberals fighting with conservatives. Conservatives are all overjoyed about this because for some reason they despise Alec Baldwin because he played Donald Trump on TV. So that's basically, Alec Baldwin represents to them the worst of the liberal media, which is weird because leftists don't see Alec Baldwin as a hero in any way, shape, or form. I guess liberals do. Leftists have always kind of found him to be this kind of strange, I say, offensive, edgy stuff. Uh, like, didn't he call someone like a gay sandwich or something on Twitter and thought he was really funny? And he was also like pretty involved in Gamergate. He made Gamergate pretty mainstream when he tweeted out hashtag Gamergate. You know, shit like that. Anyways, the story of the Baldwin shooting... Because Alec Baldwin was, effectively, the executive producer on this set. He was the one managing what was taking place on the set. And the conditions there for the workers themselves were deplorable. That's why I think it is a leftist issue. When you basically have to look at this from the point of view, how were the working conditions on set? Were you allowing unionized members to operate? And did the unionized, member, uh, did the unionized members walk off the set eventually because they found the whole thing to be a little too unsafe? Um Obviously, producing a film in today's climate can be expensive, but that doesn't mean that you should ever, uh, you know, skip on security. Like, if you are worried that you cannot afford to hire the best people when it comes to pyrotechnics or anything of that nature, uh, then what you do is you simply say, well, you know what, we're going to go with a, a, digi a digital alternative. Because you can do that nowadays. Nowadays, I mean, you can make, like, someone could take me doing this and, and add a whole bunch of gunshots to it. Like, if you clip this and put it on the internet, I'm ha 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 There, someone can add it and make it look as if gunshots are coming out of my fingers, even though they weren't. They, they truly weren't. That's the magic, the magic of digital media and digital technology these days, you know? Who's Alec Baldwin? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, we'll fix it in post. You know, the, we'll fix it in post. That, that's it. Yeah. Marker. Good. Great. Alec, thank you for doing this. 
You, you haven't said much in public since that tragic accident. Why, why speak out now? Well, I think that um, PR. There's a criminal investigation. That could be a while. Uh, there's all kinds of civil litigation, and I felt there were a number of misconceptions. Most of it from sources I really wouldn't concern myself about, but a couple that I did concern myself about, where there were these. The reality is, even when we do them on set, we still have to add them in VFX. I've done a ton of shots adding muzzle flashes to shots that we're already using blanks. Oh, yeah, same. I used to be a special effects supervisor for a little while. And so, yes, that that is almost certainly the case. There's, there's probably going to still be some digital touch-ups after the fact, uh, even though you've used blanks on set or squibs to kind of like show the explosion. Don't get me wrong. I loves, loves my practical effects, all right? I, I think creating and crafting monsters out of, like, you know, different synthetic materials and making them come alive in a movie, that, to me, is just a beautiful thing. And I'm very happy that there are some people who agree with that and want to bring that kind of stuff back. And I love that puppeteers have a place still in cinema in the modern day of, you know, uh, CGI and all that kind of stuff. But also, the safety of the people involved in the films should be always the top priority, right? For everybody, everybody on down. Um, so... Why not just use technology that doesn't put people's lives in danger, such as shooting blanks, right? Blanks can still harm people, even if they are 100% blanks and not a real bullet. And I think, like, the whole story here comes down to, and we'll see what Alec has to say, but what exactly, like, who loaded the gun? That's what we really need to find out, who put the bullet in the gun. Authoritative statement. Oh, God. This is what happened. The sheriff's department hasn't even released a report to the DA yet. The reason I wanted to sit down with you is because I really feel like I can't wait for that process to fit to end in February, March. I mean, I'm not asking them to speed it up for my benefit. That's ridiculous. But I am saying that they're going to do what they need to do. And I wanted to come to talk to you to say that I would go to any lengths to undo what happened. I would go to any lengths to undo what happened. I think the big question and the one you must have asked yourself a thousand times, how could this have happened? Well, there's two things I want to say about that. One is that when I talk about this, my concern is that I don't sound like I'm the victim. Because there is a victim. There's a woman who died. And my friend got shot. He's okay, one sec. We just, we, we gotta preface this. Rest crew describes onset gun safety issues and misfires day before the fatal shooting. Days before the fatal shooting. My apologies. Hours before actor Alec Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer on the New uh, Mexico set of Rust with a prop gun, a half a dozen camera crew workers walked off the set to protest the working conditions. The camera operators and their assistants were frustrated by the conditions surrounding the low-budget film, including complaints about long hours, long commutes, and waiting for their paychecks, according to three people familiar with the matter who were not authorized to comment. Safety protocols standard in the industry, including gun inspections, were not strictly followed on the set of Rust near the Santa Fe, the sources said. They said at least one of the camera operators complained last weekend to a production manager about a gun safety set on uh, sorry a gun safety on the set three crew members who were present at the bonanza creek ranch on saturday said they were particularly concerned about two accidental prop gun discharges baldwin's stunt double accidentally fired two rounds saturday after being told that the gun was cold lingo for a weapon that doesn't have any ammunition including blanks two crew members who witnessed the episode told the la times there should be an investigation into what happened the crew member said there were no safety meetings there was no assurance that it would happen again all they wanted to do was rush 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 a colleague was so alarmed by the prop gun misfires that he sent a text message to a unit production manager we've now had three 
accidental discharges. This is super unsafe. The safety of our cast and crew is the top priority of Rust Productions and everyone associated with the company. Though uh, we were not made aware of any official complaints concerning weapon or prop safety on set, we will be conducting an internal review to see of our procedures while production is being shut down. We will continue to cooperate with Santa Fe authorities in their investigation and offer mental health services to the cast and crew during this tragic time. And again, I want to stress this, everybody. I am so uh, for... Like, super excited for people who do guerrilla filmmaking. I used to do that. You just, like, you you, you and a team of people are very, very passionate. Look at, like, Troma, um, like, studios. Like, all those movies, they're done with just, like, piss-poor budgets. Uh, and a lot of times when you're doing those kind of things, you and the rest of your cast and crew, you all just take a hit. Like, either you don't pay yourselves out, you don't pay that because you all believe in this vision, and then you pay the other people that you're hiring to bring on, but you do the whole thing with, like, razor-thin margins because you want to make this horror movie and it's your dream. I am all for guerrilla filmmaking. This is not that, though, because if you are going to do that, you have to be realistic about the fact that, hey, we're not going to be able to have... X amount of things that we want. We can't have the gun shootout scene with blanks because we don't have the acu- like the adequate amount of money to make that safe. And if we can't do that, then we have no business filming that. It's kind of like um, the morality when it comes down to it. Like it's completely fine if you want to make some weird monster and it looks hideous because it's really just like a, a balloon with spaghetti on top of it, and that's what's coming at you. That's very different than we want to have a shootout scene. How can we save some money to be able to get these blanks on set? Uh, I don't know. What if we used real bullets and didn't hire the proper crew or something to that effect. I'm not saying this what is what what happened here, but you know, is my friend, and she was a new friend. I met her and we worked together on the some of the mapping out of what we we're going to do on the film. Which Lance, those members who walked off set, they were union members. Yes, they were. Yeah, I mean that's what I said at the start of the segment. There was it was the union members who ended up walking off because they didn't feel the whole thing was safe. And what I mean, what does that really tell you? If the union members have walked off, and uh, there has been multiple complaints about gun safety, specifically, specifically days before the shooting, there is complaints about gun safety on the set, including Alec Baldwin's uh, own stunt double who fired several shots on a gun that he thought was not going to be uh, loaded in the way it was. That's uh, pretty fucked up. You know, in the movie terms, if you go make a movie with Scorsese, you and the DP don't sit down and they solicit your ideas of how to make the film. You know what I mean? In the case of Helena, we sat down collaboratively and talked a lot about what we wanted to do in that uh, a precious amount of time we had. But um, I, I, I want to make sure that I don't come across like I'm the victim because we have two victims here. And the second thing is, is that all of what happened on that day leading up to this event was precipitated on one idea, and that is that Helena and I had something profound in common. And that is we both assumed the gun was empty, other than those, you know, uh, dummy rounds. I want to get into more detail on the day in a minute, but let's take a step back. What was it that drew you to this project in the first place, to Rust? I'd worked on a project with Joel before. Joel Susan, Susan, right. He, he did this movie, Crown Vic, that I produced. And uh, Joel and I stayed in touch. We're friends, and I loved Rust. He said, he said I'm... Before we get into... What obviously everyone is here to hear about. Can you do a little talk about the film, your passion project, and what brought you to it? I'd love to know more. Please, uh, illuminate us as to your vision artistically here. I want to send you this. And I read it and I said, I love it. I love it. Rust, a low-budget western, tells the story of an aging outlaw on the run with his young grandson. Baldwin, the film's star, is also one of the producers. Very excited. Very, very, so excited that we finally got this made because every independent film has many false starts. You know, what I mean? and when it finally goes, you finally get, you feel like a plane. When you finally get some lift under your wings, it's very, very gratifying. 
I am a purely creative producer. My authorities as a producer are casting and script, which are actually married to the role of being a lead actor in a film. ABC, what the fuck is this? <laughs> no one is tuning into this fucking five-minute fluff piece on this artistic vision. Oh, yes, we must know. What was the magistry that drew you? Oh, well, you know, for a long time, I'd wanted to tell a story, and I knew this was my story as soon as I saw the script. It's coming out on uh, July 24th. Make sure you buy it. It's going to be exclusively in theaters. Thank you. Like, what the fuck? The Ukrainian-born cinematographer quickly gelled with Baldwin. The people who watched The Daily said that her work was beautiful. She was someone who was loved by everyone who worked with and so liked by this, everyone who worked with and admired. So this is just a, a press tour uh, for the movie. Cool. Good to know. Admired by everybody who um who worked with her. Russ' 21-day production began filming on October 6th at the Bonanza Creek Ranch, just outside Santa Fe, New Mexico. The ranch has long been a favorite location for filming westerns. We need a place to lay low. Things have a way of escalating out here in the west. With one thing leading to another. The day that I flew there, they'd been shooting for a week already. I come the following week on the 11th, that night of the 11th, I had dinner with Helena and Joel. And we talked about some of the compositions I was thinking of to... Uh, that was the first time you met? First time I met Helena, yeah. What was your first impression? When I met her, I knew she had that spark. I knew she had that flint to her. I like it was an actor, but Jesus, fuck, this is garbage fire. Done and get the shots that she wanted. She was very focused. She had a vision for she the film? She was very focused. We had a discussion about compositions of shots in which you were shooting these beautiful tableaus of the West. She had that intensity. Every day you went to work, she would say, good morning, how are you? How was your evening? Boom. It was small talk, go. We weren't going to hang out and, and chit-chat or whatever. She knew that the clock was the enemy and we have to move forward. Once on set. Yeah, I got to agree. Like, how is any of this relevant? This is it's wild. We're like six minutes into this and the whole thing so far has been a pretty effective like fluff piece for Alec Baldwin in this movie. Baldwin posts this video. I want to say I look at myself in the mirror, a reflection of this and I'm really kind of appalled. It's appalling. Uh, we're here shooting the film. We start tomorrow, and um, uh, and no, I'm not playing Santa Claus. On the twelfth, I had a safety demonstration with Hannah Reed, the armorer. Twenty-four-year-old Hannah Gutierrez Reed, seen here in photos by the DailyMail.com, was hired as the film's armorer in charge of all weapons on set. The daughter of a famous Hollywood armorer, Russ was only her second film in this role. She spoke to the Voices of the West podcast about working as lead armorer for her first film before Rust. I was really nervous about it at first, and I almost didn't take the job because I wasn't sure if I was ready, but doing it, like, it went really smoothly. We spent an hour and a half shooting the pistol, her giving me all her safety instructions. Did you think she was up to the job? I assumed because she was there and she was hired, she was uh, she was up for the job. And nothing now, she did. Now I know who you're throwing under the bus here. No. Okay. This, this training course you do, what did she tell you? 
She'd say things like, remember, this is a, this is a blank round, so you have to create the discharge yourself because there's no projectile. So if you shot the gun, you go bang. When we roll the camera, you got to go bang and have the gun, gun snap back. You have to create that. She would give you little tips about firing, and she'd say to you, you know, when we're done, point the gun down. When we're done, you give the gun to me or to Halls, only those two people. Dave Halls was Rust's assistant director, also known as the first AD, seen here in this IMDb photo. He was responsible for keeping the production on schedule. Sometimes we would be on a set that was a very, very cramped set, and they wanted people in that room on an end. Well, to everyone asking, yeah, I mean, basically, he's the executive producer on this one. He's running the show. Uh, he's not going to be the sole casting agent, so it's not going to be exclusively Alec Baldwin who's going to be vetting every single part of this. But, yes, there's around. certainly a problem, because we already know it to be the case, that there was problems on set with safety. There was problems on set with working conditions. There was certainly problems on set with unionized members not wanting to be a part of this production anymore because, again, of the safety and because they saw that they were cutting corners. I mean, it's one of those things where I cannot 100% lay all of the blame on one individual, because I think in this case it's kind of unfair to do that. But it's he's also not blameless. I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it there. Right. Like there's there's not really a scenario in which he has complete culpability or uh, is completely innocent of, of any wrongdoing in this case uh, in in the, the set of it. Um, thank you. Ghost dunk. Appreciate it. As needed basis. It sounds like, yeah, there was multiple issues on set. Cut, I then hand the gun to Halls if she's not there. Yeah, why Halls, not Hannah? Some people have said that only the armorer should be handed. No, 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 no. That, that's that's in, inaccurate, meaning in, 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 in the protocols of the business, meaning Hannah would to hand me the gun 99% of the time, no, whatever, the, the preponderance of the time. But when we would say cut, if Hannah was away from the... Yeah, as an actor, no, not at all. I mean, as an actor, you were relying upon the safety of the armorer, to be able to let you know that you are not dealing with anything that could potentially harm yet another actor, right? So from the actor's perspective, no, I don't think you can blame Alec Baldwin in this case. Um, and I don't think you can solely, if you if they're doing what I'm assuming they're about to do, is to blame everything 100% upon the armor itself uh, and blame the armor exclusively as well. There's like, there seems to be a lot of people at fault here. Like, you got to remember that a film is such a collaborative project. We always think of things of like, you just think of movies as a director or as a big actor. That That's it, right? It's kind of like how when you watch a concert you don't realize how many hundreds of people came together to to make this concert possible in the way that it's being done well at the same time you just see the band you love and all the fireworks and technical you know stuff going off and you're like wild but yeah there's there there's a lot of people who had fucked up at one point or another the warning signs though and, and where i think that he's at particular fault especially as the person who's leading the production i mean he is the he, he is rust productions at the end of the day um He's in the working conditions being that bad and the fear of safety coming from other uh, people who are already working on the set and then leaving the set. That is where, you know, if this is happening prior to an actual shooting taking place, like it's not as if it just came out of nowhere. You can't have people also be like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Was it the surprise? The set, I would hand Halls the gun. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed had a dual role on set, armorer, and she was also the assistant prop master for the film. One of the things her attorney has said is that she was hired for two positions on the film and therefore was stretched in an inappropriate way. Did she raise any of those concerns with you? No, I assume that everyone who's shooting a lower budget film uh, is stretched, myself included. 
And I, I, I got no complaints from her or the prop department. I'm yeah, see, that's fucked. Because the one thing you cannot start skimping money out is the safety of your cast and crew. That like, and, and like, I, we know based on that article in the LA Times that this was a problem. That the cast and crew, the unionized members, were like, we are leaving the set because we do not feel safe on set right now. So that is a huge, huge, uh, uh-oh, bad. I'm not sitting there when I'm getting dressed and ready to go do a scene saying, oh my God, the prop woman seemed very harried today. I didn't get a sense of that from, from, from any of the, the, the people on the film. The first time I heard that there was any problem with anybody uh, in the crew of the film was when Luber said, well, we have some issues here. Lane Looper, the first camera. What would a fair result for this be? Well, I mean, to be honest, the actual completely fair thing to do would be to assess how much liability each individual person had. And like, and again, it's very hard for me as an outsider to understand, like, okay, so who was the person who hired uh, that woman to be the armorer? Who was the person who vetted that woman's background? Who was the person who stated that, you know, perhaps they would be uh, cutting corners in one way or another that actually provoked the unionized members to not want to be on the set at all? Who, who was made aware of the fact that that the weapon itself uh, and gun safety was something that many people on set were complaining about prior to the shooting. And was Alec Baldwin made aware of that? Was uh, Were other producers made aware of that? Were people on the set made aware of that? If they were made aware of it, how did they then adjust and or look into it? Did they just simply, like, there's so many, like, factors there. Uh, you'd have to run the list down to find out exactly at what point the chain of command was being uh, fucked with. assistant would email production managers a resignation letter later that night citing safety concerns. Quote, During the filming of gunfights on this job, things are often played very fast and loose. So far, there have been two accidental weapons discharges. He also wrote about concerns about reasonable rest and housing for local crew with long commutes to the set. When he quit, now, the day before that happened, we rapped. And he came up to me and he said, thank you for the position you've taken on behalf of IATSE and the union on social media. I said, my pleasure. This photo, posted by Helena, showed the cast and crew in solidarity with IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which had been on the verge of a strike. And Alec posted this on Instagram. And I want to say to the people in IATSE, do what you need to do. You want to go on strike? Go on strike. Because I'll tell you something about the executives. They don't give a about you. He said, because we have some issues here. I said, such as, and he said, <laughs> you know, aren't you an executive on this film? <laughs> it kind of feels like a self-report. <laughs> My men need a better hotel room. There was no mention of safety issues. He didn't say anything about the accidental discharges on set? He didn't say anything about anything. He goes, My men need better hotel rooms. I said, well, we're leaving. We're wrapping. Will you be here tomorrow? He said, oh, so yes. So conflicting stories now. Because what I was about to do, which I've done on any number of films and TV projects was to give more of the, my salary back to the production to pay for X. And I was about to say to him, let me know what it would be to be and be you guys in a house that's closer to the, how we can address your problem. I will be happy to contribute to, to that. The next day they were gone. So you had no... So by the way, the reason I keep saying this is a fluff piece is they're bringing up, like obviously some of the biggest concerns the media has talked about, and then they're countering them before even having Alec have to respond, right? Like, right there, they were like, this was stated. We're not going to interview 
uh, the head of the union. We're not going to interview the person in question. We're going to stick with our exclusive interview with Alec Baldwin. But we are going to add some little characterizations here to make it seem as if he is, uh, you know, while he has been accused by this member of uh, creating an unsafe environment, he, in fact, may have been uh, an extra good boy because he was actually very pro-unionization uh, efforts should they choose to try to walk off set exactly. Sense from anyone on the set that people had been stretched to the point where safety was compromised. No, no. I never heard one word about that. None. None. Russ producers told ABC News Mr. Looper's allegations around budget and safety are patently false, which is not surprising considering his job was to be a camera operator and he had absolutely nothing to do with or knowledge of safety protocols or budgets. Safety is always the number one priority on our films. When people say cutting costs, I don't say this with any judgment or any cynicism. Spielberg wants to save money. Tom Cruise wants to save money. Everybody who makes movies has a responsibility not to be reckless and careless with the money that you're given. We you know those are men who make movies that cost $205 million. And I'm making movies that cost $5 million. Or the question, though, is were costs being cut at the expense of okay. safety and yes. security? In, in, my, in my opinion, no, because I did not, now, I did not observe any safety or security issues at all in the time I was there. Hmm. Thursday, October 21st, Baldwin posts a photo of himself in costume on Instagram. Back hmm. to in person at the office. Blimey, it's exhausting. That morning, Luke so right and there, six other crew members. That's where I think Baldwin could have some culpability. Um, I don't think that Baldwin, as a shooter, uh, should be like charged with murder if he, in fact, was not the person who put the bullet into the gun and he was unaware of it at the time as an actor. But in terms of how culpable he is in this entire scenario, it is making an unsafe work environment by co cutting costs because he is, in fact, in charge of that. Walked off the set. Filming continued with a replacement camera crew. Scene 118 in the church was slated for after lunch. Everybody there was having a positive experience. People who are watching the show, people who are back home, you have no idea how unique an environment a motion picture set is. It's kind of, there's an instant familiarity. The amount of care, these are people who are professionals who have really good jobs in a field they love. And I looked at all these people and, and I see how hard they work. They're so hardworking and they're so conscientious. And you're around people and you're part of one of the great collaborative processes in the world, movie making. Everyone moving like a watch to get everything done. And when you kind of, I, I don't make that many movies anymore because movie making demanded that I travel and I didn't want to leave my family. All these movies I made, I stayed home. I didn't want to go. If I went away, I went away for a week to leave my family for four. I hate that argument. It's often used to keep VFX artists from unionizing. True, true. Weeks and go shoot this movie. Shoot this movie. That was a big deal. And I'm sitting on this this pew. And so help me God, I sat on that pew right before they called lunch, and I said, "This movie has made me love making movies again." Because I used to love to make movies. I did. You know, I worked with people once. I was going to do the movie The Edge. And uh, they called me and said they got Tony Hopkins to do the film. What are you making? Yeah, look if we're here. And I started sobbing. I just started sobbing because I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have a chance 
to work with this guy. Any chance you can go easy on me? When they cast me in It's Complicated with Meryl, I thought, I'm going to get to go make... This is, uh, this is pretty wild, ABC. Definitely, uh, definitely maintaining that journalistic integrity in terms of reporting with fair coverage from, from all sides. You know, you do you. <laughs> a movie with her? You know, <clears throat> sorry. You know, people, they have their dreams. No matter how old you are, you have your dreams mm-hmm. of people you want to work with. And this movie made me love making movies again. I really thought we were onto something. Next. She goes down. I thought to myself, did she faint? Wait, 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 is part two here? ABC, did you just tease me with the first one only? Oh, then you broke the rest into little clippies? Clooney, you say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves. Well, there were a lot of people who felt it necessary to contribute some comment to the situation, which really didn't help the situation at all. You have your, if your protocol is you check the gun every time, well, good for you. Good for you. You know, I mean, I probably handled weapons as much as any other actor in films. With, with an average career, again, shooting or being shot by someone. And in, in, in that time, I had a protocol, and it never let me down. Why did you choose in your 40 years not to check the gun yourself? What I was taught by someone years ago was, as I said, if I, if I took a gun and I popped a clip out of a gun or I manipulated the chamber of a gun, they would take the gun away from me and redo it. The prop person said, don't do that, when I was young. And they'd say, one thing you need to understand is we don't want the actor to be the last line of defense against a catastrophic breach that of safety true. with the gun. My job, they told me, man or woman, my job is to make sure the gun is safe and then I hand you the gun and I declare the gun safe. The crew's not relying on you to say that it's safe. They're relying on me to say that it's safe. When that person who was charged with that job handed me the weapon, I trusted them and, and I never had a problem. And yeah. this was from the beginning of your career? From, from day one. And what is the actor's responsibility? I guess that's a, that's a tough question because the actors respond. I took um, a blank gun. Uh, I was in a course for blank gun training. And what we learned uh, for the person firing it was to specifically never fire directly at a person in the way that you would shoot at someone, like in order to hurt them, uh, to do it at an angle in which you would still not perhaps damage them if the gun was ever real, even if it was a blank gun. One of the reasons we learned how to do it that way, uh, but first let me preface by saying he's entirely right. You're not allowed to uh, start tinkering with a gun once it's on the set and it's been handed to you by the armor. Because again, for very obvious reasons, that could like change whatever conditions the armor has set up for that gun itself but you're also supposed to shoot at an angle that's not directly pointed at the person typically uh and then you have to use the camera angle itself to make it look a little bit more as if you were pointing at them directly because a blank at close range can still damage another person is the other uh issue at hand responsibility going this day forward is very different than it was the day before that yeah now, now i can't first of all i can't imagine i'd ever do a movie that had a gun in it again and um i can't 
when you say what is the actor's responsibility. A blank can do that, How? So a blank gun, or sorry, a blank bullet is, in essence, it just, it doesn't have that secondary metal piece that's going to push out once you have the gunpowder explosion, right? So you're still going to get that flash, but that's why it doesn't have a kickback, because it's not actually sending a piece of metal at high velocity towards someone else. That's the difference between a blank and, like, a real bullet. So that's why you have to fake using the kickback when you're doing it. But there is still that gunpowder kind of flash explosion, which there's, they've, I, I mean, this is just what I was told when I was in this training, that at close range can still uh, cause damage. Yeah. Actor's responsibility is to do what the prop armorer tells him to do. Yeah, it doesn't shoot anything. There's no, there's no like bullet uh, that goes out. That's the whole point, right? right. Well, there are some who say you're never supposed to point a gun at anyone on a set, no matter what. Unless the person is the cinematographer who's directing me where to point the gun for her camera angle. <laughs> Stream Deck, why do you keep That's doing exactly that? That's exactly what happened. That day, I did exactly what I've done every day of, uh, on that movie. Which is what? Which is that there's an armorer there, and, and that word is new to me. In the years I've been in this What did you call it? It was a prop guy or woman. And the prop person would come, and sometimes they would insist on demonstrating for you and the camera crew. They take the gun, if it was a contemporary gun, they show you the chamber, they show you the clip, they say, the gun is cold. And you look and go, thank you. And in the 40 years... Sometimes that would happen. Not all the time. Well, but no, no, sometimes they wouldn't demonstrate to me. Some insisted on demonstrating. They would do the demonstration for everybody there right before we rolled the camera. Or rehearsed. Then there were others who they didn't do that because I trusted them to do the job. Believe me, I would do anything in my power. I would do anything in my power to undo what was done. I don't know how that bullet arrived in that gun. I don't know. But I'm all for doing anything that will take us to a place where we're, it's, this is less likely to happen again. Well, I guess we know the particulars of what official happened. story. The particulars, most importantly, of how a, a piece of live ammunition ended up on this property. It wasn't supposed to be on the property. It wasn't supposed to be on the truck. It wasn't supposed to be in the kit. It wasn't supposed to be in somebody's fanny pack. A live round is not supposed to be anywhere near the set. How did a real bullet get on I, that well, set? That, 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 what I'm saying is that's for a criminal investigation to solve. I have no idea. I have no idea. I take that back. I have some ideas, but that's not for me to say. I've spoken to the sheriff's department multiple times. I don't have anything to hide. You know what I mean? The facts as I see them are what I've stated on the record. You're not worried about being charged. Are you playing the music? Asked in the, the Twitch.tv chat. No, I am not. I, I have not added or manipulated anything in the course of covering the story. I have not added any of the music, any of the cues, any of the like, doom, 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 or the like, doodle, doodle, This is 100% their piece. This is all ABC. I'm not, I am not manipulating this one. All right. I, I'm, I'm very transparent when I'm doing bits. I'm very transparent when the, the whole thing is a ruse. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to lie about that. I'll always tell you if I manipulate what you You are getting the raw feed. The raw feed. This is just 100% React Andy uh, happening here. Ish. It's the testosterone. When it comes to the serious business of sex. It's a problem. It's I'm not even, uh, you know, the king monkey. Pause it. Ignore that. Ignore Okay, that part I did. That, but that was just to make a point. But the rest of it, I haven't done a thing. I haven't done anything. Okay, there's. I have been doing no trolling. It's 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 a hard story to troll. It's a fucking 
fucking tragedy and it seems like abc news <laughs> i mean I don't, abc is owned by disney right is disney in its grandeur going to suddenly announce like in a couple months they're releasing this film and this was all part of the marketing department like it seems very odd the tone. i don't i've been told by people who are in the know in terms of even inside the state that it's highly unlikely i would be charged with anything criminally not sure you saw the video you have. Is this the part two? I didn't, see, I didn't. I didn't see the part two. Um, that's why I've been playing his clips. Oh God, I failed you all. Was it an actual rehearsal? There's some disagreement about that. Whether it was a no. This is just like a remix of it. Or negligence and yeah, this is just a remix. That's exactly. Right Who worked with her? There's only. Anyways, I think we got everything that we were going to hear from it, right? Uh, I think, honestly, my criticism of this remains the same. I think the conservatives who are, like, like literally cooming at the aspect of Alec Baldwin going to jail, and I think it's a great irony because at one point Alec Baldwin made fun of Trump for, like, shooting a gun. Like, I can't remember who made that tweet. Even Shulhead, I think, made that tweet uh, about, like... Alec Baldwin makes this comment about, you know, Donald Trump claims he could just go out and shoot a guy with a gun. And then all of a sudden it's like, now he went out and he shot a guy with a gun. Ha ha. Lol. Um, and I know like the quartering and a whole bunch of right wingers were all up in arms about this. But I think, again, everyone was mad about this for the wrong reasons. If you're a conservative and you're mad at this, uh, most likely you're coming at this from the viewpoint that I fucking hate Alec Baldwin because he made fun of my daddy. So there's that one. If you're a liberal and you're coming at this, you're like, well, I don't really think it's fair that we blame Alec Baldwin because at the end of the day, Alec Baldwin may have shot with a live round, but that live round was not something that he was made aware of. And this is a situation in which people put themselves in, in film sets. Uh, and then I guess if you're a leftist like myself, it's from the quality of the working conditions for everyone who's on the set, which seems to be uh, bad, uh, as attested to by the union themselves. And the union members walked off the set uh, days before the shooting for the specific reason of gun safety. Which tells you a lot. So I think, yes, it's true that maybe Alec Baldwin isn't 100% culpable uh, in having shot someone because he wasn't self-aware that, the, that there was a live round in that thing. Uh, but there is a whole bunch of people who at some, reason, uh, at some point or another do have a certain amount of culpability in what occurred. Because room. again, a film is such a collaborative effort. It requires so many different people doing so many different jobs. And if he was the executive producer as well as the fucking... The, he's the CEO of Russ Productions, wasn't he? So, like, the man definitely did have control over the set in in a number of ways. That's where uh, he would be culpable in my mind. Um, and that's basically the whole thing, the whole thing summarized. Honestly, in 2021, and thank you very much, uh, Tyler the Great. You did see the clip where he says he did not fire the gun. Uh, send it to me. I'll, I'll play it. Um, he, uh, in this day and age, 2021, you don't need fucking blanks and squibs anymore and, and this comes from someone who loves practical effects but blanks and squibs clearly are things like it's rare okay everyone keeps bringing up the crow it has happened outside of that as well people have been injured on set excuse me where they don't directly die adam said clip quote all right thank you all right i'll, I'll finish this random loved by everyone who worked with and liked by everyone who worked with and admired yeah well we saw this oh it's just the summary I mean, even now, I find it hard to believe that. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real to me. You haven't said this much the trailer. since that tragic accident. Why speak out now? I think the big question, and the one you must have asked yourself a thousand times, how could this have happened? You've described it as a one in a trillion shot, and the gun was in your hand. 
How do you come to terms with that? That would put a lot of people who do ballistic prop work out of a job. No, it wouldn't. There are other things you can do in that field. It's not exclusively setting up guns for firing blanks. And did you know that there are guns and weaponry that you need on set, that you need people who do props uh, to be able to present that aren't like functioning guns? They are guns that will have kickbacks, a little bit of like a simulated kickback so that the people who are using those guns on set were set it up for when the VFX team takes it on over. Um, I'm just saying that if it is a, a question of like Alec Baldwin talking about how he didn't have, uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't try to save money on the set, uh, even though that is in direct contradiction, I guess, to what the union is kind of claiming that they didn't feel the set was safe enough. Uh, like that's why I feel this whole thing is a fluff piece because he was directly questioned about that, and rather than say, "Well, you know what, this is where I feel I have some culpability," or "You know what, this is where I feel that I should come clean and admit that, like, I I have uh, some responsibility." In this as you know the executive producer of this film um that's that would have been an opportunity there's no like there's zero uh, apology remorse or anything of that nature just a lot of like i'm very sorry it happened it's a tragedy i would undo it tomorrow if i had a way of doing it but i'm not addressing the fact that this is clearly something that happened on set and it was a very specific thing that happened right before the actual event it wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on I, that I, set? I, I, I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. How do you respond to actors like George Clooney who say that every time they were handed a gun, they checked it themselves? Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock, you felt anger, you felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? You said you're not a victim, but is this the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I think back and I think of what could I have done? Alec Baldwin, unscripted, the newsmaking special event, tomorrow night at 8... <laughs> ABC, holy shit! Fucking marketing this whole thing. The event of the century. Do not tell your children where you're going to be on Saturday because you know it's watching Alec Baldwin. The event. He will reveal everything, everything, and nothing. Mostly nothing, but also everything. Prepare. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times. And if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv. You'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help. And yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we will build a ladder to heaven to deliver you the daily news. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are your most humble of clownish jesters. To our lords, Trevor R. and Alexander Thaler, you have our undying fealty. To our knights of the round table, Nate, that one guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariana McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Ants are still running the world. Coulter Smith, Tom Grow, Val 9000, Jenna Tal, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Riley and Anna, 
Omni, Poodle Hawk. The Tim Caucus, Multimondi, Trevor Janis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Chronic to Hemp Hog, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We shall meet you in the tavern, and we raise a drink, and we salute you.